Hello guys, welcome to another episode of the Transfer Pod, the weekend review on the other one, nothing podcast. Um, let me just meet police in the house by expecting two other people to join us as the night proceeds. But, um, um, Bryce, what's this now? Yeah, but Chelsea fans complain that they need more players, and I'm wondering if you will possess. Since generally alone, you have spent almost one billion. And I say that for you to beat West Ham, you need more players. I think they are just delusional and they don't know where the source of their major problem is. Is the fact that um, a team that has spent endlessly, though they've also been successful with shipping players out of the club. But at the same time, I think Chelsea should be the last club complaining about signings because when it comes to middle of the park, they look stalked. I don't really know what happened against West Ham, and I probably don't really care. But I feel with a midfield like like that, whatever it is they possess, except uh, we are just trying to beat around the circle, that midfield looks like a very formidable midfield that would take on any team. Now, it might take time, for them to for them to create a cohesion between themselves and understanding tactics that Pochettino is trying to work on, I I think that the tactics they had in mind was good. The execution was what was terrible. Uh, on an, on a very different day, they would have had their way. But the talk about needing more signing is what I don't understand. I understand the fact that I don't I don't think they need a striker because <laughs> Jackson is. He has been impressive, even with the with the way his team has been terrible. So I feel they just need time. They just need time to come together as a team. Um, quickly after the Liverpool game, Chelsea received a lot of praise, especially at least for the way they played the second half. But what amazes me is that nowadays talk of with the manager as competitors, they don't have enough creativity in the side. And I'm wondering, they don't have enough creativity in the side. But you spent 58 million to sign Romeo Lavia. You spent another 115 million to sign. Uh, Moises Caicedo, knowing fully well that they are similar type of players, why didn't you just sacrifice one of them or sacrifice Lamia and say, okay, maybe we need to get a more attacking player that can maybe play on the wing or stuff like that? Because after signing all that, it doesn't make sense to play both Enzo, um, Lavia, and Caicedo together. And I'm talking about, oh, we still need another midfielder that can create things for us. And I'm like, who's who's planning this transfer strategy? Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't feel. It doesn't feel like he uh, on the pitch strategy. But Bright mentioned, oh yes, he liked the mystic configuration of the three of them. Honestly, I don't because, um, like what Lavia does, what Fernandos, what Lavia does, Fernandos, Fernandos can do it. Casero can do it, and they can also do something else like box to box. They are not creative. What Chelsea needed was a, either a, cre- a creative midfielder, especially since Okoku got injured. Because they don't have anybody from midfield who can drop it anymore. Okay, it felt like okay, yes, there was less do go chuku, then they threw him to the bench. Five million live again. So it feels like they are not spending money to necessarily develop players. It feels like goal is spending money as a business strategy, players that you can flip if like three years down the line to another club to sell putting in. Because I feel like that's really explanation for this, because this doesn't make any sense. Like none of it. Like Chelsea have spent one billion in the past three transfer windows. And they still feel like they still look like a seven best team Premier League. Like that's how that's how ridiculous it looks. Because if you can't spend all that amount of money and suddenly say stuff like, oh, 
we need more players and i'm like okay you need more players where how like what's the plan and cool it feels like this is the same issue grand potter had in january whereby a new manager just has come in a few weeks before that or should i say a few months before that rather than work with what he has develop what he has and say that okay i've seen what i have oh, this is what i need to we are constantly pumping in new players and they're like okay they will so successful they will so enjoy together they will so have a sense team and before you know you're not going to get that yeah that doesn't even makes it baffling like they'll be like oh, yes they also have you have a certain team okay when it's four months down they're like they're going to pop more players in again they'll be like wait well, they will also have this, this one this one too will come and settle and it just feels like yeah, too much is going on in their club in terms of players was and there's too much turnover happening in too short a time like I, like if you see the um the old stuff that be going around but like like this is like, the team that played the Champions League final two years ago and compared to the team now only Thiago Silva and Thiago is there the other person is Ray James and we know Ray James usually gets injured like that's what always changes and one of the things like uh, I always think about this quote that Benjamin just said being a manager is like building, a, building an airplane in the air especially in Premier League and the thing is that the old, uh, let us say, let's say you won't have time even for no news you won't have time like all this one they are doing oh yeah don't worry we'll get, get time and yeah, first we'll be patient we'll have to be patient but then you get to end of November and all of this is still shaking they'll just ask you like there's no time it's better for better for us they'll tell you um speaking about um managers building airplane in the air um okay fine we'll come to bright um it seems like when Ange post a couple of things took the job took the sports job it was a case of okay nobody really wanted the job or sports didn't know what they were doing because uh first it was Nagosman then no Nagosman then no Luis Enrique oh there was talk of Pochettino before Chelsea then it was just a scattergun approach then you ended up with Ange post during the preseason, you could see what he was trying to do. The first game against Brentford, you could really see that okay, he's adapted to the to the way he likes to play. Then the game against Man United, you can see that okay, this is a properly coached side. They might not necessarily have the quality, but they are properly coached side. And throughout the game, your mindset is okay. It seems like <laughs> Man United are the ones that are missing Kane more than Spurs. Yeah, like it doesn't feel like Man United are missing. Mm-hmm. Like it feels like uh, my United are the team that just got a manager five weeks ago and they've not done anything yet. Which is which is weird because because for my United win, it gets worse. It feels like they were the one that the manager came in five days before. Like it's uh, weird and like sadly, not to take away from what sports have done, because sports have been sports have been very good since and just took over and it's obvious that the players he has is are not the one that really fit that system like emerson poro doesn't really work but it's still making his work like and the signs are there yes something is developing here. and if you contrast that with man united it's just completely odd because united spend their time midfield chasing his amount and after two games and everybody will be like ah this this thing does not work like two games in something that you spend your time with you you spend you spend 16 million and everybody realize okay this plan is not sustainable then it became okay. It was like okay, he wants to make the team most traditional team of all time or traditional the best team in transition. If you want to do that, you cannot leave Casemiro as a little midfield and then have Mount Fernandez go forward. It does and like he has had a year to do this. 
like when United lost their first two games last season, they lost to Brighton, they lost to Brentford. Even the fact that they lost, despite the fact that they lost to Brentford 4-0, people were saying, okay, yes, second game. This is the 40th league game now. Like, and it still feels like, you feel like United have regressed, even though it's just two games in. And in contrast, sports are the one, sports are the ones on the up. Like, um, I think Rocky said that my United feel, it felt like United response in that game. I probably the best summation. It feels like there was no life in that um, LMJ, um, Kuli rightly pointed out that these guys had time, like, Tengang has had time. This is the second season. I don't like, I'm a firm believer in the idea of okay, it's it's early days, the second game of the season. But for a manager that has spent time, his 40th, has spent time and has had time to advise and build his team, like, after last season, you have brought in your own kind of goalkeeper that is more comfortable on the ball. Like it, it, the balance doesn't seem right. Like I, I, I know people say, "Oh, um, Aramabisaka's job is to defend. You defend and you defend properly. That's it. You're trying to play a certain style of play, and you have uh, players that look like um, square peg in square, square pegs in round holes. And you're like, okay, what is the plan? Could you mention Messi mounts also? My United ended up spending about sixty million pounds on him. You are wondering where is this guy actually going to be? Yeah, I, I, I feel like I've, I've always been iterative of this particular fact. Uh, the whole of United problem boils down to leadership. It's the fact that nothing works in that club for the past ten years. Nothing has worked. I, I know the fact that they've been able to patch some seasons. They've been, I think the. There was a time we were celebrating the win over PSG, like we won the Champions League. Uh, there was a time we were saying that Scotia was the best in after fried rice. Like, it's just the fact that for the past decade, nothing has worked in that club. When it comes to leadership, when it comes to organization, when it comes to infrastructure. Now, whosoever, whosoever was paying attention would have been ringing the alarm bells since the game against Wolf. We were out of our depth. Casemiro was all over the place. There was no cover for him. Like I, like I've, I, I've been trying to understand what exactly was the aim for the missing Mount signing because whatever it is that Eric Tenag was trying to do, he he wasn't suitable for whatever role it is that he was playing. He looked out of shape against Wolves, against Spurs. It was even worse because they could not string passes. And I had a debate with a couple of United fans where they were complaining that uh, Rashford was supposed to be one of the nominees for Players Player of the Year, and I was like, "Are you shitting me right now? Like, it's not even it's not even half as good as the other six guys that are on that list." So it's just the fact that everything is not working. I, I know th- there has been a spark of brilliance every now and then, but that is just what it is: is the fact that nothing has been working in the club for the last ten years. You can piggyback to what Ronaldo was saying. His delivery was not good, but his message was correct. Like when you just when you look at the bits and the pieces of the club as a franchise, as an organization, they've not been getting it for the past 12, 10 years. So it's easy to blame the coach. It's very easy to blame the coach. But let us even now go back to the way they handled the whole Messi Mount's case. Like I said, Messi Mount's uh, Mr. Greenwood's case. That is another one for another day. But I, I think at the moment, 
every fabric of the club is missing and until they can go back to the basic and sort things out i was hoping that the glazers were going to sell the club and that would have um brought a chain reaction of change but that went on you, you can see how they handled that too that like every media outlet we are eating we are getting clicks we're getting impression from that news was something that was never going to happen and this is august the 21st nothing has changed so it's just crazy because now i know um, Brett, i know you mentioned them um, rashford and money um, will tell you like four years ago there about that he's not a striker like everyone knows that he's not a striker ranking has said oh he's so keen up front and whatever but we know that you are not a natural striker you want to play on the left but at the same time you should still be able to like give your all like do something like at least putting some sort of efforts i'm ah, not a striker not a striker but you're there you're playing a position temporarily at least until as was Holland comes back. even if he comes back my child is probably going to get injured in training tomorrow morning and he's going to be between Hoyland and Rashford. At some point, Rashford is going to have to knock it down and be like, okay, I don't want to play here, but I have to do it for the team. Yeah, I, I, I feel like, one, his continence on and off the ball is not even impressive enough. Can you get, like, I have to be sincere, there is a lot of um, clearance that goes to being an English player that people overlook from things. His attitude on and off the ball is terrible. He's not... I've, I've hardly seen, like, everything cannot go your way on the pitch. And that was one of the most integral things I saw in the game against Spurs. His first touch was were terrible. His link-up play was, was just off the... Like, it was just, it was just off. But on days when things are not going your way, there's an, there's an attitude, like, there's a, there's a way you approach the game. A very good example is Wayne Rooney. There have been days where we don't know that, okay, when, when is shit today, or... His efforts, his imputes, he's wanting to win every ball, even though it's not working for him. And I understand the fact that he's not a striker. Like, he's not an out-and-out central forward. But at the same time, we've, for everybody that has played semi-professionally or any form of football, you would know that there's the adaptive part of football where you just need to find a way to walk through it. And that's something that Rashford has not been good at. If the whole structure behind him is not solid enough, it crumbles. It's almost like... I, I really don't understand why we didn't buy Harry Kane. Because Harry Kane, you can see Harry Kane in days where sports are struggling. He, he, he bites, like he, 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 he runs every blade of grass and he goes to win the ball. He, he shots, like he tries and take a shot, even though the shot is like five meters away from the post. But you can see his impute. You can see that he's trying to make something work. He's trying because in that particular team, I think Rashford is supposed to be in a point where he's now acting like a leader. Like his action is now spurring other teams to do something. But he has not been that. He has never been that. Even even on even even when he even in seasons where he scored 30 goals, he has never been that guy. And he's not for me, he's not somebody that you can rely on in a team like you have those players that can always carry the team on their back people like Kobe Van Persie people like Wayne Rooney like even when you look at the Arsenal game today Odegaard played his part he was like okay you know what we are going to grind out this result even if we are going to die here we are just going to keep playing our rubbish until something positive comes up and 
that is one of the traits of a leader in a team. Like I say, I don't understand why we didn't buy uh, Hurricane because I felt like it was a perfect fit to whatever it is we are trying to build. And though it's, it's all bygones now, but at the same time, it would have improved our team significantly. Now, like we've all rightly said, United is starting to look like the old sports and is is very disappointing. It's something that is happening. Um, Kule, before we even disappear on the old United front, you mentioned something about um what's his name? And I was just talking about a manager building in space, trying to look for time. Uh Dana Schwartz during his time as technical advisor law, technical advisor advisor for Brighton said that the average lifespan of a Premier League manager is 14 months. So, if you're trying to build a club and time players, you need to consider the fact that, okay, what's the plan? What's the strategy behind this club? What are we doing? What, what kind of identity do we want to create? Then you bring in a manager that fits in, you bring in players that fits in, regardless of what the manager wants sometimes. Uh, I think I mentioned on this point before that back in 2017, um, Jurgen Klopp wanted Julian Brandt in the summer of 2017. It was Michael Edwards, former English person like that, I told him that Musala is a better option, and it turned out to be right 100%. Now, Eric Ten Hag has gotten some of his players, yes, Lissandro Martinez and the likes and what, but in the midst of getting some of his players, has missed out on some too. I don't see any reason why Man United should have approved 100 million euros for Anthony last summer. With knowing fully well that deadline was approaching and I actually knew they were desperate and they were going to pay the money that you spent 100 million euros on Anthony, who has delivered next to nothing to justify that figure. Then this summer again, you decided, okay, Mr. Mouse is a target. Like, oh, Ten Hag has come out and said, like, oh my God, you can play that role beside Casemiro, you can do so many things. Blah, blah. Yes, it's early days and it might still turn out to be a good sign, a great one. But don't you think someone above, like, especially director of John Motor or someone above should have said, this is exactly what we want. We want an eight beside Casemiro. Let's go for a different type of player. Yeah, it's, again, it's, I think it's part of the problem that Bryce mentioned that for the past decade, they don't have a structure that informs their sign. It's like, like again, the, I think the greatest example is still like, like in the big club is Smart City. Like, even before they got Pep, when they got Pep, they were like, they were like oh, yeah, so we, we can't get Pep now. Let us try and build a team that when Pep's come, when Pep comes in, even if he has to switch the players, even if the players age a bit, there are still elements in that team that you going to use. Silver, Sterling, Bruyne, yes, those kind of players, those kind of players, Fernandinho, like they were there. And basically, Pep, Pep, Pep just came here and fine-tuned them. You know, they have never really had a strategy of what kind of direction they want to go on, on the pitch. And it's not even just, just the player signings. It's, it's awful. If you also look at the manager appointment, since back post Fergie, okay, they brought in Moes, didn't work out. Then they brought in Van Hal, like, okay, Van Gaal's Van structure was going to be the football is going to be very calculated, risk, very risk, risk averse, going to be very patient, and we are going to bring in youth players. Okay, something it felt like something was developing, signings did not come to whatever, whatever it feels like. And then they went in a completely different direction. Like, they ruined the entire thing. The whole development of players, the Botwick Jacksons, even Rashford, Lingard, Marcel, younger players they were bringing in. They brought in Mikitan, they brought in Pogba, brought in Ibrahimovic. Like, that entire game like, just went off. Three years down the line, Molina didn't work out again. 
then they brought the social and social's only qualification at that point was that it was not Jose Mourinho. Okay, fine. This works for five months. Is the caretaker manager? Okay, it brings back the energy. The fans are back on board. Then you kept him for three years and you still did not know what you wanted to do with that team. Then, and honestly, I know like last year a lot of us were critical of Ramon when he said the club does not have structure, like the club is holding him back. And it's very, it's very much vindicated now because it looks like if you're a serious manager and you get to that point, you'll be like, okay, what's what's exactly what's going on here? What's the structure here? Like. It's fine. It's fine for the managers to make a lot of decisions, but if you don't have a footballing setting, footballing principle, or footballing identity that they want to build, like you don't have, they don't seem to have head of recruitment, or, or like it doesn't seem to align. Because Anthony, this season, signing Anthony last season makes no sense. After I signed, after after you assigned Jiren Santu to these two seasons before, like there is no correlation with that at all. Just like signing when you sign. And Memphis, the five months. You signed the Maria one season, signed the, then you follow the next season with Memphis, then the following season is Mkhitaryan. It just feels like there's no direction. There's no direction. It's like, oh, who is the fancy player here? Or maybe the manager, maybe the manager wants to. You just get them. Just do it. Or if this player have market value, can they bring in faces? Again, United don't have a direction. Even even till now, if I what they had been last season, they still don't have a direction. Now the case for on the other side of the of, of the coin, we we we've, we've given Angie um, credit for how possible, but it's obvious that for how for how good they've looked on the field, they still need quality. If they're going to finish in the top six, sports need quality. Still need the proven goal scorer. Richardson has sh- so far shown that he's not that guy, and sports seem to run out of options in terms of replacing Harry Kane. We've had under Colombo anime football, it seems like he's going to PSG. We've had um, all funny names. We've had the young Nigerian striker give up and plays for Genk. So, so people are like, okay, maybe they should go and bring in Lukaku as a stopgap option for this year to see. He might be motivated to do a lot for them. And you're wondering, okay, with, with this money in the bank, over 100 million euros or 100 million pounds in the bank, how do sports spend it? Like, what direction do they go? Who replaces Hurricane? Who brings those goals? I mean, I mean, I think obviously the most strategic option is not just to get a like for like replacement for Hurricane because you can't get that. Like a player like Hurricane is rare. Even Bayern Munich learned it when they when they let Lemando school last season, they were like, okay, mm-hmm. replacing this player is not just one fix. Maybe okay, two players, it twist to the system. But I think the most important thing is that, like the whole world has seen it. You are like you basically what happened with Barca when Neymar when Neymar left and they collected 200 million. The world knows you have that money. So if you want to bargain with the club, they're going to have, you have to pay through your nose. You probably have to overpay for a player during the during the or during the rush or something like that. So I think now not getting a sign is not like it's not the worst thing in the world because there are not, there are not many expectations for, for right now. It's still about building up the identity. Getting the fans back on side, playing like decent football. If they do it, I finish seventh. Still, it's not all bad. The issue now will be if they if they be like, oh yes, we have to react to the market because you lost a, you lost a star player, and they and they rush and they get someone that doesn't fit. They have wasted a better part of hundred million and probably wasted more, like three years. So I think they should they should be patient. 
um, this needs smart recruitment, but no recruitment in itself is not a bad thing. Yeah. Um, let me just say, no recruitment in itself is not a bad thing, but if you are Bayern Munich, you have to look at it and say, okay, what's the problem? We don't just let our players go because the, the reports we woke up to this morning was suddenly my United and Liverpool both want Bayern Gravenberg. And for those that don't know, Gravenberg joined Bayern uh, in the summer of 2022 from Ajax because he had a year left on his contract and he didn't want to leave Ajax on the free. The young player, was, I think he was 18 when he left Ajax and it hasn't really worked out for him well at Ajax. Like, I say Ajax at Bayern, he hasn't gotten enough game time, he hasn't featured as much as you would like to feel like his career has stagnated, he was a part of the Dutch national team. What is not baffling me for my United and Liverpool Brights is, both play, both players both teams need midfielders but not midfielders in the mode of Gravenberg. Are these clubs always obsessed with the whole shiny thing or are they seeing some things that we're not seeing? I think it boils it boils back to what we've been saying since is the fact that a lot of these teams don't actually have direction. Like we, we used to complain in United about not having a sporting director. But now we have a sporting director that does not even know what it's not cannot address what the team actually needs. Like presently, there has been talk about United going for Amrabat. What is going on on that front? Why is Gravenberg now the new shiny material that everybody is going after? I really don't see the need in signing players for the sake of signing players. You should be signing players that are addressing a particular need. I wouldn't fault United if I if the news was that they are going for another striker. That would have made more sense. Okay, we would like to mitigate our risk on that front. Try to look for a stopgap or somebody like Amrabat that can that can fill in for Casemiro. Like those are the kind of solutions that I am expecting. If somebody like Sangari was to come to United, and Sangari can go box to box, he can also fill in the Casemiro role. Like. These are the kind of signing I expect from the club. Now, you, it, it, you, it begins to it begins to uh, prompt question. If we, that have never been in an administrative role professionally in football, if we can address issues better than those that are actually getting paid millions of dollars or pounds, like I feel like it just boils down to direction and um, and purpose. Now, with Liverpool. I felt like okay, a lot of signings that Liverpool have been trying to make even still trying to go for Libya because they wanted him to like play Alistair. Like you, you can see a direction in what they are trying to do. But I don't see why they are going for Gravenberg. Like for me, it does not they have players that suit that role already. Yes, I understand the fact that they lost Jody Anderson, they lost Fabio, but and, and they're supposed to be trying to replace those players and not just trying to look for something shiny or something that looks good or something that appeals. I like I really don't know whatever it is that the sporting directors in this club are actually doing. So that's that's just the way I see it. It's not about signing for the sake of signing, but signing to to fulfill a purpose, signing to achieve a goal. Like a very good example is Man City. Whenever you hear that Man City wants to sign a player, you almost immediately know what the purpose of that player they're trying to sign is. It's not like they're trying to sign for the sake of publicity or just to feel good. 
they went for Gravidor and they got the deal done in a very short period of time. Like they needed to sign a central back because some of their central backs were either injury prone. And we've heard about Laporte make, wanting to make a switch to Saudi Arabia. Like you can see the reason why they are making this signing. But a lot of times when clubs like United want to make a signing, you then begin to ask questions, what exactly is this signing meant to achieve? So it boils down to leadership, it boils down to having a plan, it boils down to having a structure and knowing what you want to do. Do the people in the terms of affairs in United, do they know what they want to achieve? Or they just want a commercial signing that would look good and everybody will keep talking on Twitter. Um, I think Akin has worked in. I can see his face after God knows how long. Is the US has been really good to him. But um Akin, we have decided to we are doing audio only for today. Then um, on Thursday we'll be back for the full one about nothing video. So, but it was nice to see that, okay, the US is sweet when there's money. But we're surprised that you're late. The Gunners have won already and Bonish is not yet. What were you hiding from? I just left my I just left my work laptop right now, so <laughs> we should sign out. I just signed out. So, that oh, was I thought you were watching the Arsenal game. No, no, not at all. <laughs> oh, I mean, um, I but the joy is still your voice that you guys have, at least you guys won. No, yeah, um, and uh, it's, it's a bit of a mixed feeling, and the, the, the mixed feeling is because um, Arsenal fans are, I don't know, those guys are, they are, they are too difficult to please. I mean, they were making some complaints that why this, uh, I mean, after the record, why was the Ava still on the pitch? And I'm like, I don't understand, you can't you guys just take the win? What's so wrong dropping the guy, leaving the guy alone? I mean, your, your keeper was going for long balls, and... The only player up front that is actually good in area drills is, 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 is Avat. So people are like, uh, it's, it's a lie. It's a lie. I say, how many of those boys speak? I'm like, oh, they can't please all of you. You guys will be fine. As in, where is, where is Bolish when you need him? So you can brag to him that you guys have won your first two games, like Man City. Like, it's you can really go the distance. The guy has never, I mean, Ateta has never won a, a Monday kind of match like we will take the win. Anyway, I'm sure you, I'm sure you will take the win, and you will take the start to the season too. Um, actually, because as Bryce was talking about the whole Gravenberg and Bayern saga, it seems like Bayern have another saga to do because Benjamin Power has made it clear to everybody that would love to know and hear that okay i don't want to be here this summer initially we thought we were going to join man united but that didn't work out because united didn't have the balls to tell arimaguaya to leave then surprise surprise after we've really pinched all summer inter decided that okay we have 30 million euros lying down somewhere to pay for Pavan. i'm like what 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 where's money come from? who are they whose bank are they robbing where did they get the money from the Onana money is still with them, yes, but it looks like they were going to keep it for so for God knows how long. But maybe they suddenly realized that okay, our coach is not a magician. And now Bayern are making it clear that no replacements. We're probably not going to let Papa go. And for those that know Bayern and know them very well, they are stubborn as it gets. Yeah, like and as you said, Bayern are probably the most stubborn thing in terms of transfers. And they don't mind and they literally don't mind keeping Papa until the window end and they're sending to play for the reserves like they're that petty like that's how they work what is surprising to me is that inter wants power because 
just is like tax garlic doesn't really do anything like forward is not forward best position is maybe right center back Inter have diamond and bastoni for that and power cannot play him back and internally need the dm so i don't understand why they want to why they decided okay yes we have 30 million i want to spend now for power where is he keeping hold that team that needs to be fixed i'm a little surprised that like it doesn't again the standard issue that's like united it feels like better than being on serious because they should have they could have gotten powered to a month ago because mm-hmm. to an extent he fixed that he fixes that right back position because he's better on the ball and he can form a back three like he has the quality he has the defensive quality he has more defensive coordination than even one bisaka and he's a stable most stable on Adalu. so i don't understand why united didn't go for him but now it feels like well, no, no matter who wants him, it's not going anywhere. Because Bayern have decided, and no matter who thinks that they are, the hierarchy in Bayern, once they once they do, oh yes, I don't, we don't want this player to go. He will go. They probably just let him play this contract track and then go somewhere else. Maybe two, we two years later, they don't get that. That's this. Um, uh, the, the I think the biggest, I think the biggest news today in the football world has to be the fact that. After ages and 18 months of investigation or 19 months or thereabouts, it seems like uh United Iraqi decided that okay, Mr. Greenwood shouldn't be a part of their club anymore. Because contrary to reports we received last week, whereby they were like, oh, they were considering bringing him back. And now officially it seems like okay, they're not bringing him back. They have to they can't necessarily terminate his contract because his, his criminal case has been settled. They have to find a way to let him go. Yeah, or let another club sign him or take him alone or something that because they, they don't like they said they don't want to deal with the backlash of and he himself put out in a statement they don't want to deal with the backlash of him going now a lot of people have come out and said a lot of people have come out and said stuff like oh united have finally made the right decision by letting him go but how they got there in the first place is wrong like aki i don't think i've heard from you on this particular topic uh, well, I mean, uh, it, uh, the, the the knowledge or what I know about this so far has come from like um, Twitter and I mean X. <laughs> let me let me correct myself. And uh, it's so funny that from I mean, the, I feel like it's a case of you all know that this guy has been cleared, and yet you guys waited this long. I mean, you waited for what exactly? To make a final decision if he's coming back to the team after you guys have i mean they've they've, they've told you guys or the court have actually i mean they declared more he, he wasn't found guilty or anything then there was a u-turn saying oh i mean it goes to show that i mean the brands probably are not just in support i mean they are scared to lose like the, those that are sponsoring them sponsorship deals and stuff like that so i feel like they came from that standpoint that them keeping him could actually mean a whole lot like it could backfire for the co- for the for the for the club and they, they 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 probably won't get as much deals in the future or they get dropped by certain sponsors so i feel those are like the issues but the way they went about it was really unfortunate honestly i mean they they it's just like they, they made him believe that it was i mean the whole the whole uh what's it called was pointing towards that oh he was coming back. I mean, everything, the old delay, everything. I mean, he was pointing towards the fact that he was coming, but he was likely to come back. And all of a sudden, to have this, it, it, I mean, it's 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 unfortunate. But is it the right decision? Maybe, probably. Who knows? I don't know. Uh, time will tell. Because right now, 
they have to now go all in to get uh, players for the for, get the right players to replace the and to play the necessary positions there. So yeah, I mean that's that's what I know so far. That's what I can actually say. I mean I'm willing to listen to other people's uh, opinion on this on this topic. Um, I think Polish has worked in, but um, because Polish the 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 funny part about this is. I know that big companies, big clubs, they like to put out fillers. Like when a news leaks, it sometimes it's on purpose to get the, the feedback on. Okay, this is exactly if we make this decision, how 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 is the feedback going to be? And the feedback that the United hierarchy got from leaking the idea of oh we're bringing Mason Green back, which they actually plan to do, but the backlash that they got from like reported, it was reported that some of their staff members was were going to go on strike and. They're going to protest against the club for bringing him back and stuff like this. But there's another party, another side of the fence that would that plenty of advocate that will tell you that okay, this is a, a a young player that has made mistakes. Are you supposed to throw him under the bus? I know Element has mentioned the fact that leadership in my United is, is a scarce commodity. But this whole this fracas, the way this fracas has been handled continues to show that okay, that leadership gap is still missing from top to bottom. Well, my I think my stance has always been the same, and it has always been that there should be um, a league-wide or a structural regulation for stuff like this. Meaning, there should be a way to address issues like this, so you are avoiding um, the half-hazard measures from different clubs. Meaning, the Premier League FA is also to take up the investigation part, and they should be the one to decide. Oh. Greenwood is now allowed or is no longer allowed or whatever allowed blah 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 to be part of the um uh, session because we cannot just put it from one side and take it from one side because we can't punish i don't think we should be punishing people more than what the courts themselves are punishing them yes the court system are are faulty I think that's a larger issue with uh, society that should be uh, that should be discussed and it should be hashed out. Meaning, we should find ways to elect officials or whatever or whatever method we want to use to ensure that the court's punishment is maybe harsher or does more things. But can I have a situation whereby someone that is convicted is going for president and then someone that did, probably did not even step into the court can no longer play football? I don't think the moral compass for for what's it called for a footballer should be higher than Murakobas for a president that was caught on tape saying grab grab it by the pussy. I'm not saying both of them are right. I'm just saying that we should not have this total authoritarian approach to decisions, especially when there was no conviction. And we've seen cases in the past where people were con- were convicted and they still came back to play, though for different offenses. I just feel like we should have like a, a general consensus. The Premier League should have like a general consensus. FA, UEFA, FIFA, whoever. This is how we we'll treat cases like this. If we do this investigation, we we'll find out this. This is what you get. If we do this. This is what you get. There should be that consensus on on treating issues like that. Having teams continually treat the issues differently is just going to make a situation whereby teams will react based on what they can accommodate based on what their fans can and allow them to accommodate so that that's that's just the tricky part about it 
Um, Elijah, we um now there are reports that okay, Turkey or maybe go to Italy for, um, to continue his career as a footballer. But I don't think the option of staying in England will be, will be open to Mr. Gould at this point. Yeah, I, I, I think um, the fact that any club that tries to accommodate him in England will probably get the same backlash um, would almost ensure that Mr. Greenwood would have to go overseas to go and play. I feel like uh, there are a lot of teams that would be able to take him, especially in Italy. He's, he's obviously talented. He has not he has not featured professionally for I think close to two years or thereabout now. But at, at the same time, we, we can't deny his talent, and I feel like he would be a good addition to some of the Italian teams. Now, considering the dying situation he is in right now, we take almost any wage, which would be uh, which would be I would like call it would be a plus to such club. And you can only imagine if he ends up reviving his career and there can also be a story of redemption and all of that. But I just feel like, like Bullish rightly said, should moral compass always overshadow whatever it is we call the judiciary system? Like, okay, so what is the essence of the courts in the first place? Do I understand that the proposed or the proclaimed assaulted was one that dropped the case? It wasn't like the, it wasn't like um, the case went to, it went in front of a jury system or all, all of that. But at the same time, from what the CEO of United said, there are a lot of contradictory statements in that in that statement saying that uh, after their investigation, um, they, were, they discovered that Mr. Greenwood was not guilty. Okay, if you say someone is not guilty, then why is he saying he's sorry for his mistakes? Like, I I just feel like there's a lot of there's a lot of things that we don't know about this case and it's very easy to, to jump on the side of uh, it should be it should be cast into the deepest lake of fire and all of that but at the same time they have a kid together they are living together yes there's the argument of uh, that does not mean anything but at the same time if 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 whatever it is is what it is that would be a scar on whatever relationship or family they are trying to build i just feel like in one way or the other, the United body is issue well. They didn't handle it well at all. You should have taken a decision very early, immediately the case was dropped. But it just boils down to the fact that the club is being led by cowards that don't know, that they don't actually know what they are doing. They they are always reacting. On the pitch, they are always reacting. Off the pitch, they are always reacting. When it came to the Jesse sponsorship deal, they had, they had to react. They were not taking actions. So most of the things that have been going on in the club, I come again. I know this is becoming very repetitive. For the past 12 to 10 years, it has been very, very, very comical. The fact that they don't have people at the ends of affairs that can take decisions, that can make calls. That is what differentiates great teams from just normal teams. Um, Kuli, like, like Ben mentioned now in the statements, if your statement is within our investigation, and he can he wasn't we didn't find him guilty, but we have to let him go because of backlash. Does that not sound hypocritical? Oh yeah, it definitely it definitely does. And it's not even just hypocritical, it's also contradictory because they, they were like I said, they did that they did the investigation and they didn't see enough 
video and audio recordings to determine what exactly was done. And yet they were like, oh yes, now that means you are sure um, Greenwood is, is not guilty. And at the same time, it's like, oh yes, we still have to let him go either way. So, and that's not even the most harrowing thing. The most harrowing thing is that before this um, stupid statement was released, a few days ago, a report came out that when United were deciding whether or not they wanted to bring back Greenwood, they were setting up um, groups that would be hosted, that, that would be hosted to them, hosted to edition and groups that welcome them. And then they will, they, they, add, they literally added domestic advocacy, uh, advocacy group against domestic violence. They added them as hostile. So that I, you can tell that yes, this is terrible. This is completely terrible. Like this is not uh, this is not a decision making process. If something is allowing you to put a, an advocacy group against domestic violence as an as a potential enemy, maybe you should be in that decision completely. Because honestly, it was so obvious. It was clear that they wanted to bring him back. The reason why they did not is because of this backlash. And I feel like again we should not mix something up here. Like um, no matter what has happened in the past past week, past month, past eighteen months. One thing that should be clear that Missing Gumu is not a victim here. Like, no matter what he said, like, Missing Gumu is not a victim here. So, whatever like, we've seen a lot of this skin, like, obviously, bowlers move on with their careers. Okay, maybe not at the same club, they, they always do something. We saw it with Boateng. It was literally, like, we've seen cases of, well, okay, yes, the courts, whatever happened, the court, whatever, whatever didn't happen, the courts. Boateng was literally found guilty by court. And at the same time, Leon Sick made it a highest paid player for two years. He barely played and he was making money. And he, was, he had been found guilty in the court. The victim that he assaulted literally committed suicide because of what he did. So I just feel like these, uh, these superstars, these big names, they are not the victim here in any way. And of course, once again, uh, like I said last time out, this thing that you handled, the way my United have handled this thing is a complete disgrace. Um, away from the whole United saga, before I even come to the women's World Cup, um, Bolish, it was a bit surprising when John Felix, who is a player of Atletico Madrid, decided that okay, because he and Simeone are sharing the same babe, or they don't see eye to eye, or they don't like each other, or he does not want to run extra in training, decided that I came out and said, putting on the colors of Atletico Madrid, that oh, I've always been a Barcelona fan all my life, I've loved the club, blah blah blah. Knowing fully well that the club is struggling to sell you. And now the club is in a dilemma of he's never going to play for us and will not terminate his contract to give him what he wants. That same Barcelona that is calling should come and pay money to buy. Uh, they, are, they are smokers. Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Cool. I said they are smokers. Uh, Diego Simeone is smoking banner. Uh, what's the name of their president? He's smoking shisha. All of them, they are smokers because they've they've done these ridiculous things before now. So I don't I don't envy them. I don't pity them. Yes, Jao Felix is uh, playing cat and mouse with them, and I don't think I don't know the kind of conversations he, he has had with Xavi or Deco or whoever is in the Barcelona squad for him to come out openly like that. Because I want to believe that if he had had conversations with the Barcelona hierarchy or Barcelona team. They probably would there'll probably be some sort of movement or some sort of traction in terms of discussions with him and we'll probably have had more details 
from some of the Spanish media in terms of okay, uh, because obviously you have to take a pick up. You cannot come with that your mediocre football and that salary you are collecting. You cannot work in Barcelona. That's the matter. So there will probably be conversations around him needing to take a pick up. We've not had anything like that. Then the second thing why the reason why I don't care, Atletico was literally benching their best player because they didn't want to pay Barcelona what they were supposed to pay us last season. They were benching that they will literally keep Griezmann on the bench till like 60 something minutes. They'll be mm-hmm. losing or drawing by 0 0. Then Griezmann will come in and score one goal just because they didn't want him to meet the eligible criteria for them to pay us about 40 million or so. We had to negotiate. When we saw the rubbish we were doing, we had to go back to them and then negotiate for a lower figure that they paid off. So Atletico don't even have the the moral compass or the moral ground to complain about Felix showing them pepper. And I'm all for it. Anybody that can show anybody pepper, I'm I'm in for it. I, I approve it. I love it. I would love to see it. But I just don't I just don't know if Felix has any sort of um engagement or conversation with the Barcelona. That's that's the only thing that's weird about the thing because the only report we are hearing now we know Cancelo is close. There are conversations with Cancelo um coming to join the team but around Felix the only reason why I can see that happening is maybe Laputa needing to make a statement signing. You know Laputa is always someone that likes to swing big. You know he wants to bring someone big. He brought in Ronaldinho you know he brought in Pep you always want to bring in so on big, no matter how the window goes. So that's the only reason why I can see that happen. But I don't think it's going to happen. So probably we we'll have to go to Saudi on loan or something. Um, Kule, um, before we round up the transfer window, the FIFA Women's World Cup has come to a halt. Like according to your um, review on the on about nothing website, this is the not just the greatest World Cup, not just the greatest Women's World Cup in your books, the greatest football World Cup you've ever seen. Oh yeah, honestly, honestly, it is like because one of the things that is used to rate the World Cup is not just quality of football. I think it's also the a the drama around it and also the manner in which events happen. Like throughout this World Cup, Japan were the best team. Like they were beating teams left and right, and they got to the quarterfinal. Then the first forty minutes of that quarterfinal, I guess within <clears throat> they lapsed a bit and they went home. Like that is what that is what tournament football does, and I think one of the best things about this World Cup is the energy and the drama around it. Like especially the energy that the Australian supporters give to their coaches. Like it was it was incredible. Like the noise from the crowd and everything. Like they, they literally filled that thing to the end. Like that support was probably should have gone in in the group stage because a the quality was not exactly there, but the passion and desire was. And I think one of the things that makes it this work up the best of all time is also the fact that there's something like a sense of community around it. Because like the way it was around social media, like you could almost enjoy the work up through somebody's tweets, like through the, through the way somebody else was doing the work up. And it was also a sense of commonality, the way everybody was engaging with the work up. Like the video of um, Australians on the plane watching the World Cup, and then at the same time one person is watching. One person was watching. Uh, the like, oh, see, this is no concern. Like the kind of stories and narratives you brought around. That's what makes it incredibly fantastic. Like honestly, I don't think like on the pitch of the pitch around the atmosphere around the World Cup, 
digital wise, whatever. I don't think there will be a tournament like this for a while again to come. Speaking about emotions regarding the women's World Cup, I think the the irony of the fact that Oga, who scored Spain's winning goal yesterday, actually lost her dad a few minutes before kickoff and had no idea. Went on the field, played, scored the only important winner for the Spanish national team to win the World Cup, only to be told after it that she had lost her dad and it was just like a bittersweet moment for her. But like Ole said, this is the World Cup that keeps on giving. And at the end of the day, FIFA have been justified for, for, for increasing the tournament from 24 to 32 teams. Um, it's still the transfer pod and before we call it a night, I'll probably ask the guys, I know that for Aki, the your best signing so far in the transfer window. I know it's Odumodu's declaration that is has given you joy again. Um, I mean, the, everyone is performing, so I, I don't have a favorite. As long as you get the job done, I beg. That's all that matters. So I, I thought you were going to choose Kayavet as your, as your best signing so far. This one. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he's doing what he needs to do, so <laughs> I'm okay. Okay, um, LMJ, it's not Mount for you, right? Definitely no Mount. Definitely no Mount. <laughs> you did be from a logo. <laughs> from a logo Mount. Why did be from a logo Mount? Which did you go? Which did you go there, buddy? Ah, boy, number seven. <laughs> number seven. Clearly, you haven't sent anybody to to give you joy. They haven't sent anybody of importance to give you joy to say, okay, this is the guy for us this summer. Um, honestly, no. And I even like before I even like to not to take it from transfer base, but I feel like one of the situations around there is completely clear because the thing is going so well now that Laurent Blanc came out and be like, oh, yes, the, I think the Leon Mandia should be sacked. Okay, okay, yes, that makes sense. But the thing is that the Leon Mandia is Laurent Blanc. So what is that he's coming out to say? Like, he's the one the Leon Mandia came out and okay, the manager should be sacked. <laughs> Super <laughs> lonely, what's happening? Because I should have looked at it that there's no hope. Nobody's coming in. People are going out. You might as well sack me. Let's be good. Kule, I hope you are giving 5,000, 6,000 steps per day to help you out. You need to be back on So, whatever happens, end of season. Boyish, I don't think it's a signing, but obviously, no major additions in the Barcelona squad. We probably just take Lame Yamal as a as a new signing one way or the other. These are you know people that don't watch La Liga. When they make come out, even though they are moderator, they make blasphemous statements like this. We brought in one of the best midfielders from England, and he has played. He has, he has not missed a step in our squad. It's as if he has been playing for Barcelona since like five years. Guys, the slot in the pivot sometimes he drives he plays in the eight sometimes he plays in the ten Gudogan has just been like he has been immense i can't i can't even lie like yes i knew it i've seen i've watched him obviously a lot with pep and uh, masti but and i saw him in dortmund obviously he was obviously class and he was you know quality in, in midfield but the way he has also you know 
it's almost like he has been playing with Barcelona and Romeo, Romeo that I don't know maybe it's early days, but Romeo has you know when you give someone this is your responsibility, clap only two times per day. Don't clap three times. Don't clap four times. Just two times. And he has talked to that clapping two times per day. And for now, you know, he has, he has the two of them. They really, really because. We are actually going through an injury crisis right now. The only reason why we are not feeling it as much is because of those those guys being able to slot in and really do good work in the midfield. So I'm excited for when you know Rafinha he comes comes back on association. Lewandowski has been off form for a bit. When he maybe gets leg on him, this is looking exciting. Gundogan has obviously been um, like. Quality addition and is already panning out. It's looking like a really good signing for us. Um. Anyway, I think that does it for us tonight. Until Thursday, when we come for the full on about nothing. Did we talk about uh, Messi's triumph in MLS? Oh please, give me a break. Um, oh, the fall off. Fall off. Hey, 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 in this world that their club was fall off fall off fall off when they got to the team they lost the league meanwhile <laughs> that they have scored 22 goals in 22 games but when then they joined team the team scored 22 goals in seven games and they won the league cup and they scored nine goals winning bet see that I, I, i'm sure you guys saw that picture a lot of will have seen it. See, it's, it's, it's just it's just laughable. It's just laughable when Bullish goes on a rant like this and he forgets to acknowledge people like Sergio Bosquet. Like he's just making it seem like no now, like but the whole Miami was just I didn't the say blue effort. Bro, bro, Sergio we all saw it. It's not Sergio just Sergio Bosquet doesn't so, need it's not Bosquet. Bosquet passes from 20 yards. Oga, Oga, you cannot come here. You cannot not be only you they watch them. All of us saw it. We saw we saw Bosquet, we saw Jodiawa, we saw them, we saw their impute. So more year one. Fall off. Good night. <laughs> Whether you saw it or you not, I understand your pain. She you understand. Red guy guy 60 million and buy number seven. That is not seven. <laughs> so I understand. And you bought Anthony. Thomas Red is the pitch. I understand. Please. Bonisha and um, Elevator, you guys will continue from where you stop on Thursday. Um, Aki, th- uh, thank you so much for being here. I know you were expecting it to be a video thingy, but hopefully we'll see you on Thursday, right? Bonisha had forgotten that I, I have host privilege. I can mute you 20 times. If you talk 20 times, I'll mute you 21 times. Man, mount, oh, man, mount. Every level shall be popping you. By January, can I go down used to the yag? It's <laughs> 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 <laugh
You know when when uh, chop finish, the thing they look for the chop in his skull don't they go inside? Or the best shape and add this shape. This ain't a man's mouth. Man's mouth. Bright, please unmute your mic. I want to hear your voice. <laughs> Right, <laughs> 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 Saloy, what is this? I'm not going anywhere who's, now. Who's Salo, somebody's fan is going to be. I can't go to go for Kubu Kubu. Go to join that. Go to get Kubu Kubu. If you run anywhere. No. I'm not. I'm not. See, if if you've been. If you've, if you've known me for a very long while, you know that there's no place to Salo. It's just. There are times where you just emotionally detach from the team when you know that okay, oh, they are not, they are just going to keep um, giving you pain and all of that. And for Madrid, I've been supporting Madrid and Inter Milan since I was a little boy. When even my uncle, Mario, even school. Mario, where they support, so it's not, it's not, it's not, <laughs> it has nothing to do with, it has nothing to do with Mario. It has, At Mario was never in Madrid when I was supporting. Eleven J, you cannot win. <laughs> so in, in, in every in every top five league, there's like there's like a there's like a club that I have a soft spot for. So it's not like it's not like I'm running anywhere. Or, at least I was I was no there when Boles was showing us Pepe. I can no evidence. Eleven J, I see what you have done this night. You found a way to pitch. Bullish against Bright. He didn't face Arsenal today. I will remind you when he comes back for you next week. I will remind you. I will remind you. Anyway, guys, I'm afraid that's all you can say. So I listen to that day. Have a lovely weekend. Have a lovely weekend, energy. Send my regards to Tenaz.